Hey moms, welcome to this week's podcast. I'm Dorinda Wilson, wife to one, mom to eight, nana to six, and um, also the author of The Unhurried Homeschooler, a simple, mercifully short book on homeschooling. It's based on my 25 years of homeschooling our eight kids, seven of whom are now graduated. If you are a new listener, I would love for you to go and check out the past podcasts. Um, I've been doing two a week for a while now, and there are just a lot of topics to choose from. You can go to my homepage at DorendaWilson.com and scroll down to the search bar. Then just enter any keyword on just about any topic when it comes to homeschooling, motherhood, and family life, and there should be a podcast there for you to listen to. Also, if you sign up to my website email list, you won't miss out on any new posts or podcasts, but you will also receive a link to the free audio version of that simple, mercifully short book that I mentioned earlier, The Unhurried Homeschooler. So you can actually listen to it for free by just signing up to my website. So go to the homepage and wait for the pop-up and uh, you'll have yourself a free audio book. Now, if you're new to homeschooling, it's quite possible that you may be wondering if you're ruining your child. Um, I've got a little bit of news for you. You are not the first homeschool mom to have those thoughts and you will not be the last. Today, I'm going to be having a conversation um, with a very special friend of mine. We have actually spoken together at uh, several, or I guess side by side, different different workshop uh, workshops, what am I saying? Different sessions in different places, but um, we have been at a lot of the same homeschool conferences and events, and I have just um, had the privilege of listening to her speak on this topic, and I loved her heart. So I wanted her to come and join us so that you could hear the encouragement that she has to share. And if you've been homeschooled to a homeschooling conference, you may very well already know Sherry Seligson. She is a 21-year veteran homeschool mom of four children, a degreed marine biologist with a master's in education, a researcher, wife, and most gloriously, a Christian. Before being promoted to motherhood, I love that, Sherry worked as a marine biologist at Walt Disney World's Living Seas, publishing shark behavior research. She has authored Apologias Exploring Creation with General Science, Marine Biology, and Internships for High School Credit, instructional video courses for Apologias Science Curricula, and companion curricula for feature films, including Dolphin Tail and War Horse. An international conference and retreat speaker, Sherry uses transparency, truth, and humor to encourage moms in their homeschool journey and to teach families and students the importance and excitement of studying God's creation. Sherry, welcome. Thank you for being here today. Hi, Dorinda. It's so good to be here. I love talking to you. We have fun uh, together. We do. We always have fun together, even if we're tired, right? We were talking yes. today <laughs> about how busy life is in a very, very good way. Um, but, you know, we're getting a little older and, <laughs> you know, sometimes I think, oh, my goodness, I, I just need a little nap here. <laughs> just yeah. give me just oh. a minute. <laughs> naps, I was, ever since I became a mom, I just like, naps are amazing. I <laughs> I am pro-nap. 
Amen. Amen. But I'm reading through your bio here and I'm just, I, I'm laughing because as I'm reading through marine biologist with, you know, with a master's in education, you know, you're that homeschooling mom along the way that me, the one who has a high school diploma would be like, oh, oh no, I'm... <laughs> No, honestly. Okay, so let me tell you the story about at least yeah. the master's part. I didn't get my master's until after my oldest graduated mm -hmm. from high school. Mm -hmm. um, I, I was, you know, I did have the marine biology degree. And when I worked at Disney, I um, we got pregnant with our first child. And I knew God was calling me to be home. And um, I knew it even then that we were going to be homeschooling, or at least had hoped to be doing that. Right. And everybody thought I was nuts. But, but the master's came actually because throughout all of the experiences I had as a homeschooler, I just wanted to know what the educational arena was teaching teachers. I wanted to get that perspective. I wanted to learn more. And I think you agree with me as homeschoolers. We, I at least have caught the, I've caught the bug to want to always learn, always yes. know more. You know, we want our children to love to learn and to teach themselves. And, and so I wanted to know that and, and um, very insightful, very, and yet at the same time, um, I was assured that, hey, what I did was pretty good. <laughs> you know, I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> Isn't that funny? And, you know, it's, it's funny that you say that because across the board, you know, uh, when, you're, when you're doing what we're doing, we talk to a lot of homeschool moms. And mm -hmm. across the board, whether they have a PhD or they dropped out of high school, it's, it's pretty much even yeah. Those feelings that I might be ruining my child or yeah. I'm not qualified to teach my child. And, and I just find that so fascinating because um, the opposite is actually true. And so it's just and I love that you can share that from this perspective now this many years down the road. And and I can say the exact same thing coming from a completely different place um, because you know your kids better than anybody and you love them more than anyone and you're more invested in their future than yeah. anyone. Yeah. And you know, women are just uniquely wired to go to the ends of the earth for their children. Yeah. And so I would just encourage any mom out there who's listening right now that you you can do this. Um, you know, yes, you're going to need encouragement along the way. Um, yes, you're going to, you know, you're going to to be learning right alongside of your kids. And I think what you mentioned earlier, Sherry, is very important to remember. Be that lifelong learner alongside of your child. And then you you walk this journey together. And it's like um, you're doing it. It's, it's like teamwork. And, you know, it's 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 bonding. It brings you together. Um, all the time you get to spend with your kids and and the relationships that you get to build because it's about so much more than the curriculum and the checklist. And you and I are saying that all the time, right? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it's funny. We could we could actually end this podcast right now because you just basically <laughs> summarize like, seriously. But but I think there's some important questions, things like gaps and comparison and character and and some other some key things. But in a nutshell, I mean, really, we've just covered it. it it's it's, we want to further expand on that, I think. Right, but right. At the same time, just the assurance and the, yes, and just take a breath and you can do this. We know you can because we've walked it and exactly. you can do this and you can do it beautifully, even though you feel like you're tripping up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I know yeah. at least I had felt like that many times, yes. um, but uh, that's particularly why I, this topic, am I ruining my children? 
um, resonates with so many people because I basically just said what a lot of us were thinking, but afraid to say. Right, right. (laughs) And I think that's so important because, you know, we can make these statements that we made at the beginning of the podcast, but hearing it sort of expounded upon and broken down, I think is also really important. So um, yeah, yeah, I'm excited about what you have to share. (laughs) All right. Well, um, shall we just start? Yes. Dive right okay. in. Well, I think the first thing that I, um, and I'm, and I'm approaching a lot of this from some of the pressures I felt as a homeschool mom from family or friends, a lot of them, you know, well-meaning, but I got to the point where, you know, if we had somebody come in to visit, I'd be, I'd drill the kids. Okay, guys, what did we learn today? And what did you cover? I want to make sure that, that they would be able to perform for the person who visited saying, so what did you guys learn in school today? Because after the very first time that question was asked, my kids looked up and said, nothing. And I was like, <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> this is off to a good start. And wrong so, answer. Wrong. And so it got so bad that anytime I would quiz them on something, they'd start saying, hey, is somebody coming over today? <laughs> oh my so, goodness. That's really like, interesting. Because I'm, yeah. I'm listening to you and I'm thinking that is, that is, one of the biggest struggles for homeschooling moms is feeling like you're on the defensive all the time. Yes. And that your children Mm -hmm. have to perform and you have to start Mm -hmm. listing this litany of things you've done. So I want to just encourage by speaking about different things. One in particular is gaps. Um, I think a lot of us are concerned where our kids are going to come, you know, through this 12 years of formal education and have all these missing spaces of knowledge. It's a, it's a, you know, we want to cover. And then we hear like, you know, the homeschooler down the street just finished um, 13th century Chinese art. And we're like, oh, we've right. never done that. Oh, no, my kids are ruined. You know, it's <laughs> it's really it, I, the, the pressure, uh, which gives us the next section. But but gaps are really something that we're concerned about. We don't want to mess them up. We want them to be prepared. But a couple of things about that. First of all, your children are very adaptable. They will learn how to flex with changes in the school year. If you have a month where there's sickness in the family and you're like, oh, we didn't get an entire chapter of this done in, in subject A, um, you, it's just interesting to see how God had filled the gaps that my kids had. There's, there's actually, there's no way to teach everything about everything in mm-hmm. 12 years. There's no way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know as, 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 Teaching my elementary age children, I, you know, as a product of the public school system growing up all the way through college, um, I, I learned so much in second grade and third grade and fourth grade homeschooling my kids. I was like, mm-hmm. I didn't know this. This is cool. I didn't know that. This is cool. I don't know about you, but <laughs> that absolutely happened. And then you've also got like the adult mind that can, you know, sort of like uh, expound on it almost which yes. is really fascinating. And that's, I think that's probably one of the reasons I love taking a more, some, a lot of times with different subjects, a, a little more of a simplistic approach and then building on it from there or letting the kids build on it. Because um, if you, if you overload them with information, I, I know I'm like this. I, I just, I just become, you know, paralyzed. I, I'm, I just stopped taking things in. And so, yes. Uh, but yes, absolutely. I love the simplicity of those grades. It's just a yeah. fun, fun, and it's such a fun age. And we learn with them. They have an interest mm-hmm. in something. We continue. So we become lifelong learners along with our kids. Like we talked about mm-hmm. before, we appreciate the blessing of learning. We want them to begin to that. And modeling that love is a super 
powerful influence on our children's attitude towards education. There's just not enough time to teach them everything. We want to teach right. them to love learning. We want to teach them more critical things. I mean, I want to talk about character in a little bit too, but understand that God is in the control of the gaps. He's going to make available what each child needs. You know, he knows what he has for them. I have one child who um, is a professional musician. Okay. I am not anywhere close to anything like that. He was such an outside the box kid, such an outside the bedroom, outside the room, outside the house kid. Uh, just <laughs> totally not in my wheelhouse. And and God provided opportunities for this child that he didn't provide for my other kids. Things like an opportunity to be a tester for a computer programming musical composition program that the local university was putting together looking for specific aged kids under specific. I mean, this kid wow. fit the, the bill and he ended up. Um, getting a composition performed by the Florida Symphony Orchestra and just outside of my ability. Now, we looked for opportunities, mm -hmm. but I didn't know this is what he was going to be as a grown up, yet the Lord did. And mm -hmm. so God is in control of the gaps. He is, it's, it's going to look different for each of your children. What he makes available for one may not be available for the next one. And that's okay. You know, if your co-op dissolves and you're like, what am I going to do with the rest of my children? I had it all figured out. Understand that God has it figured out. Mm, he mm -hmm. He knows what each child needs, and so your your years are going to look different um, from child to child. Even when we graduated our first, and you probably felt this way too. People people said this to us when our first one graduated. Well, you figured out high school all the way through now, so now it's going to be a piece of cake with each of your kids. And I was <laughs> like, no, <laughs> the next one wants something totally different, and this next one that we had to reinvent the wheel each time. Which mm -hmm. is why we homeschool. Another reason why, because right. they're different. A, mm -hmm. a brick and mortar, one size fits all education only fits a few learning style children. And yes. we tailored our kids' educations. So we reinvented the wheel with each one. And right. they, they all have gaps, but they all know how to fill a gap when they need it. And, you know, you have a son I know that's in the tech, tech industry. Yes. Um, yes. And, and I do too. And, and, in the tech industry, let's say you go to a four-year college, you get your degree, you are automatically in a year and a half out of sync if you don't continue to learn what's new in the tech industry, right? Exactly. And so yes. it's a continual education. And so the gaps that they have, um, they need to learn how to fill them, where to go, how to teach themselves, how they learn. And so those skills are critical to help them see uh, where what they're about so that when they do need to learn something, they've got it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, I'm listening to you and I'm thinking about how much of that happened um, in their free time that I gave them. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. And especially in the early years, they had lots of play, constructive playtime. Um, some was directed, a lot of it was undirected. But um, to this day, they will tell me through playing the things that we played together, because, you know, obviously there were eight of them. So there was a, a fairly large group. So there was a mm -hmm. lot of dynamics going on in there. Um, sometimes they played in, you know, two on two, three, you know, it, 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 mm -hmm. it varied, you know. So yeah. right there, they're learning how to deal with different groups of size, groups of people, different personalities. But that what they tell me now is that they learned how they learn. Yes. And they yes. looked at their sibling and they could see their sibling doing it one way and they realized that wasn't working for them and they needed to do it a different way. And it was very, very intuitive. That's what I found very fascinating. And I think we don't give children the, uh, the credit for a lot of the time 
knowing what they're ready to learn and not learn. And that's, that's, right. and yet that's, you're going to, you're, I'm sorry, you're going to have some of those stu- children who are a little more on the anxious side and will yes. look and see that sibling A is doing right. something that they're not able to do, or even a younger child, heaven mm-hmm. forbid, doing mm-hmm. something ahead of them. And that's where we give them permission as parents to say, listen, you, first of all, you are uniquely made. You have unique abilities. Let's, mm-hmm. you know, walk alongside them. How, how, how can we, what, how does, has God wire you? And, and what unique, amazing things does he have for you? So they need sometimes to hear that and, exactly. and have permission to do something in a different way. Exactly. Um, and I think it helps, too, to tell them, you know, mommy is not good at this, you know, to point out <laughs> something you're not good at and then to point out something you are good at. And that and they can see that, you know. And, and the other thing that I found was very helpful because they need permission to know that it's okay that they yeah. keep, that they're not good at that thing. Um, and if they really want to get better at it, they can, they can certainly put the effort forth if they want to. Cause I think that's important too, because sometimes that determination, if, if, even if that's not something they ever do or ever get really good at the fact that they set a goal and tried to meet it, tried to get better at something and did it on their own and they owned it. Those are all very, very important skills. Absolutely. And that kind of leads me to the next um, thing I think is really important to consider is focusing on character. Um, Mm. I think that, you know, homeschooling gives us a lot more time with our kids and um, we have a great deal of influence on them. And it's a great benefit to be able to help, help to come alongside them, shaping their hearts and, and gain insight into their hearts. And as issues arise, walking through it and character is extremely important. Uh, um, You know, I would say particularly now, but really always has been important. Um, mm-hmm. I remember one time when my kids were middle school years, late elementary years, somewhere around there. And um, we had had a particularly challenging day of uh, lack of character. And, and perhaps mine was there too. I'll just own up maybe. <laughs> mine was there too. Okay. I'm reading between the lines here. This was not a good day. <laughs> not a good day. And, so, and it's okay. Sometimes you have not good days or not good mm-hmm. weeks. But mm-hmm. I was I was at the end of my rope. And this was back in the days, I'm dating myself a little bit, when we got the daily newspaper. Okay. Right. It came to your door. Believe it. it was hard copy. It was not print. It was printed. Um, so we, um, I, I pulled it out and I pulled out the professional um, classified ads. These are classified people back when, <laughs> again, right. this is right. like LinkedIn, but hard copy. Right. Um, <laughs> there were, there were companies that were putting out ads for available professional positions. And so, and each word in an ad was very expensive. So these ads were teeny, teeny, tiny little boxes um, on the whole page of the newspaper. And so I gave the kids that and I said, I want you, I gave them some highlighters and I want you to take some time look through these and highlight any character trait that you see, like punctual, uh, responsible, hardworking, things like that. And so I gave them about 20 minutes and they just sat there and they made their little colors. And then we stopped and we stepped back and looked at this, I don't know how big the newspaper is anymore. Is it like maybe two feet by three, two and a half feet, something like that. It was big, yeah. right? Big yeah. sheet. Almost every single ad had at least one character quality listed. Um, for these professionals, it would be something like um, uh, wanted computer technician, um, hardworking, punctual, two years plus in this particular type of computer, something or other. And uh, it was amazing that they would list the character quality first and then all the technical skills after. Um, right. And again, you're paying like big time dollars per word. 
And so we started talking about it. And I said, think about as an employer, if you are hiring, you've got two people to choose between and one is super skilled, highly skilled, comes with a whole range of abilities. And yet they showed up late to their interview. They were a mess. They didn't answer you clearly. They were just, a, they just, they did not present themselves well. They, they sat back with their arms folded. They didn't seem to care. Um, and that guy compared to another person that comes in with not all the skills, but they're, they're highly interactive and very um, professional and polished and well-spoken. And they showed up on time and punctual and all those things. Which one do you hire? You hire the one that you, that has the character because you can train skills as an employer, but as an employer, you cannot train character. Um, In fact, we are doing our children a disservice if we're not teaching them a hard work ethic and selflessness. And because, you know, if you've got the guy who's got all the skills, he may not even show up to work on time to do those skills. And exactly. there are multi-million dollar companies out there today that go around to the Fortune 500 companies and offer these character first and people this programs for m- bunches and bunches of money to try to train people that it's important to show up to work on time, that it's important not to play solitaire on your computer when you're supposed to be working, you know, things like that. Wow. that so by by teaching our children character, by infusing in them the the you know even creativity and thinking outside the box, those are those are um, qualities that are going to just serve them so well in the future as adults, even more than being able to identify the past participle in a sentence. Not that that's necessarily bad, you know. Maybe someone's right. saying, but. Um, you know, I'll use my own, I love science. Maybe you don't know what endoplasmic reticulum does in a cell. You can look it up. You don't have to know that. But if you know that it's important to show up to work on time, that's better. Exactly. Reticulum, I will say. And I'm, yes. And I'm sure that moms are listening and thinking, okay, that's, you know, I remember at the beginning of my, um, you know, just when the kid, when all my older kids were little thinking, I, I understand that character is important. I don't know how to walk that out. Well, now, you know, 30 years now looking back, um, I would say that family life and chores and relationships in the family were the number one ways that our kids learn these things. So for instance, you talk about problem solving, critical thinking, well, yes. when when a child is taking out the garbage and they run into an obstacle that is is keeping them from doing the job, um, my kids would sometimes, you know, there was occasionally they just wouldn't do it, and then they would tell me, well, there was this obstacle in the way, there was this thing, you know, the garbage can wasn't brought in from the road or whatever. Yes, and I would say to them. Um, you are not allowed to just simply not do your chore. If you have an obstacle, you first need to try to problem solve. So what could you have done instead of just not doing it? What could you have done to work towards solving the problem? You know, maybe, and then I let them come up with the ideas because at that point they're owning the, the task and they're owning their, their part in this. And, you know, maybe it's come and get mom, explain to her the situation and ask her for help. If you can't think of a way to overcome, if you can handle, maybe you should try bringing the garbage can in yourself, right? You know, cause sometimes they're little and they can't do it, but mm-hmm. you know, just don't look for reasons not to do your work. Right. Right. Look That's great. For and ways to get it done. And so just little things like that, yes. that just take time. We need to slow down and be able 
to attend to those things. Right. And when we, when we see them doing something like that to praise that, you know, when I saw my children playing together or working together to finish an intricate Lego model or something like that, I would praise them. I wouldn't just say, wow, that's a great model. I would say, you guys worked hard. You persevered um, and you worked together. See how much more you can do working together than independently separate. And, you know, just helping to name it, helping to identify it and helping to affirm how that benefits us as a family, benefits them as a person. um, That helps to instill that. And we have the time to do it because we're home with them. Uh, it, exactly. It's just so lovely to take those moments, those teaching moments, instead of saying, well, we've got to get, you know, to the, you know, millions of other places out there to do stuff. We don't have time to talk about this. We'll talk about it later. And of course, we never talk about it later. Right, right. And, do it. and, and it's so, so much more effective in the moment. And yes. um, I can tell you right now, having, um, you know, sort of semi-adopted a 17-year-old young man, we Mm -hmm. are having a lot of those kinds of conversations because it's not something that he grew up with. Mm -hmm. And so it's just a constant um, sort of revisiting some of those things and just follow through and how your choices affect the people around you. And And no better place is that taught than family life. You know, if you choose your, if you don't choose your words well, that affects the people around you. If you don't do your tasks, it affects the people around you. You know, I used to tell my kids, you know, when you're, when, you know, so-and-so doesn't empty the dishwasher, then the person who's loading is stopped from doing their tasks. There's this big ripple effect. And so you get to teach them all of this common sense, logical type thinking, but also work ethic. And like you said, you know, the relationships and all of that. But again, it comes back to not overloading your schedule because these things are important. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we may have, some people may have identified that or, you know, sighed a sigh of relief when we were forced to be at home for so long, but it's so easy to get sucked in. And so, and again, that's one of the points that I, that I mentioned in this, um, in this conversation is to spend more time at home, that, that routine of running a household. There's a beauty in that that provides Mm -hmm. an anchor for your kids. It fosters communication with each other, with you. It allows them to have free time, peaceful time, boredom, which I think is, you know, let your kids have boredom time Mm -hmm, where you're mm -hmm. not, you know, if if my kids, my kids knew, if they came to me saying, mom, I'm bored, they knew they were going to get a chore. Yep. They learned that really quickly. Yes. Um, And so (laughs) they never came to me after a while. Yeah, my kids to this day will not use that word with me. No, that's the B word. We don't say <laughs> that in our they, house. Even though they don't even live at home anymore, they do not use that word with me. But it's funny that you mentioned that routine and that rhythm because um, I just did a, a podcast a couple of weeks ago, um, and I, I talk about finding rhythm in your homeschool day. But really, it's about first finding rhythm in your family life because you you do that basic rhythm every day, and you build out from there. So every day, those things, those those important things, those really basic important things, like you said, keep the household running smoothly, get accomplished. But again, those are the places usually where the character issues are going to come up and the, you know, teaching the work ethic. So you have to build in extra time to make sure that you have time 
to slow down if you need to and deal with different things that come along the way. So I love that. And what you said about boredom, isn't that when they get the most creative? It is. They, they just start doing things that you're like, wow, I didn't know you could do that. It's, mm-hmm. it's wonderful. Um, and yeah. And, and be creative. You know, there, there may be, you know, we, we wanted our kids to be involved in some kind of athletics throughout their growing up years. And some years we didn't do anything formal. Some, we, one, one season we did a couple, we did two or three seasons in a row where we had our kids involved in soccer and we soon learned that that was not what we wanted for our family in particular. One was because they were different ages. They were in different clubs or not clubs. We didn't do club soccer, but they were in different like teams, which Mm -hmm. had different games on different days and different places. And we were running all over the place. And we said, uh, this is not how we want our life to be right now. So we pulled back and we found that our local YMCA had, um, family taekwondo, which we're like, let's do this as a family. We get some exercise. So, you know, I, I, I didn't put this on my bio, but I'm a fifth degree white belt. I just want you to know. <laughs> I am not going to mess with you, Sherry. <laughs> That's right. I might white belt you into That's a right. <laughs> But we did it for the exercise. Some of our kids actually went on to test for colors. And so during class, we had to call them sir, which was hilarious. But um, <laughs> Oh, I bet we, they got a kick out of that. Oh, they loved it. And they would, outside of class, they would say, you know, I could make you do 50 push-ups," and be like, no, well, I'm still authority here. But it was, it was really fun to be, we, you just have to think outside the box. And maybe it's, you know, this is the year we're going to buckle down and everybody's going to do something, or this year is going to be this child's thing. Um, be creative because there are ways to get involved in some of those external activities, but do it in a way that doesn't splinter your family. Mm-hmm. all the way in perpetuity. I mean, we, yes. we really, you know, it's difficult to do that and maintain that rhythm like we talked about and keep right. the relationships going. I mean, you can do a lot on the road, like, you know, on the way to and right. from places, but, but really try to rein in as much as you can and be creative whenever you can consolidate. Maybe you've got a kid who's going to play flag football and an older one can be getting volunteer hours and be a coach, like an assistant coach. I mean, there's, there's ways to consolidate and give them opportunities out there. Plus they're getting I, I, I recommend that highly because our older ones get not just volunteer hours, they get leadership um, um, opportunities. And those, if you've got a college directed student, um, blanks on a college application almost will always have leadership positions. Mm-hmm. And we're like, mm-hmm. leadership, what do we do for that? Or, you know, so it's, it's important to look for those things. And this is one way to do it in a beautiful way, keeping the family together. So mm-hmm. look for creative ways so that you can rein in and keep more time at home when things are constantly pulling on us everywhere. Um, mm-hmm. And then I would suggest also the comparison is a big thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. We, we really don't compare yourself with others. That's another one. Don't compare yourself with others. You're going to hear what, you know, other homeschoolers are doing. And maybe one child stands up and recites the entire periodic table of the elements. And you're like, oh, the only science we did this week was looking at some clumps in the, in the sandbox and wondering if it was from the cat, you know, <laughs> it's just, I understand that I get that. And, and yet we tend to gauge how we are doing based on how others are doing. And mm-hmm. and that is just not wrong. We don't know what's going on behind the scenes, first of all, mm-hmm. the, the other family. Um, we're really good at presenting the best of ourselves to others. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, but you know, we see other beautiful Pinterest layout homeschool yes. rooms. And, yes, you know, yes. We, I'm going to say that. <laughs> the, the, yeah. It's about, the social media is about, what do they say, three to 4% of your real life. 
Yes, absolutely. So just bear that in mind when you're looking yes. at those gorgeous pictures. Yes, I just recently did a um, I was I did a a short um, little blurb uh, live video for Apologia on on not comparing. And as I'm talking about it, I look over to to my right and I see laundry on our dining room table. And I I turned the camera and I ah. faced the table and I said, "Guys, I have laundry over there." Behind me, you saw this lovely, you know, stylized background. bookshelf background and like, oh, how neat her rooms. I mean that kids at home anymore and we still have laundry on the dining room table i have no excuse <laughs> uh, but it, it, it's we have to be real and we have to realize that we also need to realize our kids will not match and do everything that other kids are doing and that's the way it's designed they're unique right if, if they were all the same and all of them could recite the product table of the elements at age three well, then let's put them in the same curriculum, in the same classroom all together and learn one thing because they right. all will learn exactly the same. And right. we know they don't. You know, yeah. that's something that that um, teachers have the, the biggest struggle with now. It's mm -hmm. called differentiation in education. And they're given an assignment to teach their kids and they have to plan in their lesson plans how they're going to differentiate that assignment to meet the 20 to 25 kids in the class, plus wow. their kids that are, you know, um, have other learning issues. Um, and so... Teachers are struggling. They're, they're desiring to do well for their kids, but you just can't tailor an, a, an assignment or a lesson to 20 kids mm -hmm. 20 different ways. No, and so you've no. got to find the common denominator. And I, I feel for their struggles, but mm -hmm. at home, we can. And we know they're going to look different, and that's the way it should be. So comparing is just setting yourself up to feel let down. Um, or you feel like you need to brag and that just puts other people down. And so I, right. I just really feel like comparison is an enemy and we really should not do that. We have different bents, different strengths, different households. So exactly. Really exactly. And I also think it's important to recognize that as moms, we, uh, we are responsible to steward our energy well. And, you know, we talk about stewarding time, but really <laughs> I feel like it comes down to energy because not every day, do we have the same amount of energy, yes. um, mental energy, physical energy, or whatever? Um, and and so it's just important um, to recognize that and to realize that God can lead you um, for that particular day. And if we are if we're spending time comparing ourselves and 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 all that goes along with that, we are wasting energy that could be spent somewhere else. We're literally spending it somewhere yes. else when we could be investing it um, much more wisely. And yes. you know, so I just I always tell you know parents, I say, think of your family as your garden or your backyard. Okay, it's not going to look like someone else's. It's your backyard, and it, we can look over the fence and begin to you know covet our neighbor's backyard and they can do the same or we can criticize and they can do the same, but it's a waste of time. There's enough going on and there's enough that needs to be done in our own backyard. So let's just stick with that. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And that really kind of leads to the next thing, which is stay focused. If you've got something mm. that's working um, and you see this new, like I, I had this problem years ago, shiny new curriculum that came out that everybody was using and everybody, mm. you know, they were, your children were going to, for sure, score 1600 on the SAT or whatever. And, and the pressure, the peer pressure to change what was working in our family, what mm -hmm. was doing well, was so great that I actually succumbed and bought this curriculum. This is a specific situation for one of my sons who loved math. This is my math kid who's 
doing cancer research now. Um, mm. And he loved math and everything was doing great. But the new curriculum came out and everybody loved it. And I didn't have it. And so I spent money on this expensive curriculum. And I noticed after about three or four weeks, he would sit down in front of his math and he would sigh like mm. a sad, somber sigh. Mm. And my, my math loving kid just, I could tell you, and like he started doing it later in the day, you know, cause I let them decide which subjects they wanted to do throughout the right. day. Mm-hmm. He would push it to the back and I'm like, okay, that's, I messed up. I totally messed up. And so that points to the next thing, give yourself permission to get creative curriculum that's not working or get mm-hmm. rid of a plan that's not working. It's okay. Even if it's mid-year, even if you spent money on it, you can resell it. It's okay. But, but using a curriculum or a lesson plan or a pattern for your kids that doesn't work for your family, just because it works for everybody else. It's like someone giving your kids a brand new pair of designer shoes that are two sizes too small, but because they're brand new and designer, you force them to wear it. Right. That We would never do that, right? Mm-hmm. We would say, oh, mm-hmm. they're not going to fit my son. They're not his size. He's too big. But that's what we sometimes do. It may mm-hmm. be a co-op. It may be um, it, it could be anything. And, you know, I'm, I'm involved with the curriculum provider, but there should be many curricula out there because there are many different homeschool families and children mm, I love that, that need different ones. And mm-hmm. so our goal is to find what fits for us. And mm. if it's not something that works in our, in our household, change, go to mm-hmm. something else that works for you. And that's the, that's the beauty of homeschooling. That's the freedom that we have. We have that freedom, mom. So just make sure that you're walking in that. Yes. And so, and you're not going to ruin your kids by doing it. It, Mm -hmm. it, There is no one perfect thing because there can't be. If someone tells you this is the one perfect curriculum, red flag should go up right away. (laughs) Run for your life. (laughs) Right, right, run, run, run. And also take a break. Sometimes you're doing something, you know, one time I was with, I was doing something with my daughter. This was science. And we were, we got to a section on bats and she just fell in love with them. She thought they were, she was fast, was fascinated. They were mammals. They could fly. They were really cool. And we were getting ready to move on to the next lesson. And she was still talking all about bats. And I had this pressure feeling of like, no, no, no. I know you love that, but we need to go on and learn about something else now. I mean, don't do that. It is mm-hmm. okay to stop the direction that your curriculum is taking you and take a happy educational rabbit trail into mm. something your kids love. And so we spent, I love it. we spent two weeks and we studied bats. And I'll tell you how cool that was. We got videos on bats, went to the library and got library books on bats. That like midway into this, I go on the back porch to let the dog out and there is a dead bat on our doorstep. <gasps> I mean, this thing, and it wasn't like mauled by anything, something gross or anything. It was like perfect. It just was mm. lying there as if God laid it there for yes. us. So we got some gloves and we opened up its wings. And we saw its little thumb. It was, it was, and I, we've been in where we live. We've been here for 16 years. I have never, ever seen that again. Just wow. that one two-week period you're setting bats. It was like God came down. It's like bats. manna from heaven, only I not. I know. We had that manna, yes. <laughs> that is but so it, awesome. What a great it was, story. It was so cool. And, and you know, if your kid is is excited about something, I mean, there are times we need to say we need to change gears. We cannot study you know, a bat finger in the entire year of, you know, or elementary school. You can't just do that. So there, there's a, you know, there's obviously some, some foundational changes. You have to make some, some adjustments, but don't just don't um, push away that excitement so that you can stay on course mm-hmm. because learning happens naturally. Like I know you're about this. Um, mm-hmm. 
you know, take those happy rabbit, happy rabbit trails. You may not finish the book and that's okay. I give you permission not to finish your entire curriculum book. Me too. Me too. And so just, you know, moms, between the two of us, Sherry and I have 12 kids and over 50 years of motherhood and over 40 years of homeschooling experience. So there's our cred. You can trust us. That's right. And if you need a permission slip, just, you know, let us know. We'll sign it and we'll, yeah, we'll fill it out for you because honestly it is, it is a pressure. We want to make sure we're, and you know, all of this is out of good intention, right? We all, we want our kids to succeed. We want them to do well. We want them to be everything that God has for them. So we want to give them all these opportunities and, and pour into them as best as we can. And so when we feel like we're not meeting a specific standard, we feel like we're failing them. Mm-hmm. And those are very real hurts. So I, I, I hear you moms. I hear you. And I, and I hurt with you because those are real. Those are real, mm-hmm. but, but we're both, Dorinda and I, we're both here to tell you, um, do what God has for you to do today. Mm-hmm. And then tomorrow, do what he has for you to do tomorrow. And if it involves all day dealing with uh, poor attitudes, do it. Take yes. that time and do it. You can do the education later. You can spend an hour doing something with them. You know, if you feel like you need to do something, that you can, it's productive. It is productive when you spend an entire day dealing with attitudes. And yes. believe me, some of that is my mom attitude <laughs> that I have to deal with. Here, here. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I hear you. I know it hurts. And I know you feel sometimes like we've done nothing. I can tell you story after story of seasons, months, um, even semesters where I felt like we did nothing because mm-hmm. life was happening in mm-hmm. our family. Mm-hmm. And I felt like academically we were just nothing. And yet right. God was gracious to fill in those gaps um, fill in the, you know, speed up areas. They needed speed, speeding up later on. Um, just he, he knows, he knows our hurts and he has this for us. So, um, I'm not saying we can just sit down and eat bonbons and do nothing either. You know, we need to be it's not the same thing. <laughs> no, 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 no. We need to be advocates for our kids, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. as you're doing what God has for you to do, keep those blinders on and focused where he's got you going and be bold and know this is great because you've got this. I can, I can, you know, from the perspective that I have now with my four and seeing what God has done for them uh, in spite of me, not because Mm -hmm. of me, in Mm -hmm. spite of me, um, it has just been, it blows me away. It just blows me away to see Mm -hmm. where he has each one of them doing what they're doing. And they're not all like billionaires doing, you know, billionaire things but they're succeeding in what he has for them. They're all doing important things, you know, because they're the things that God has for them, the purposes and plans that he has for them. And again, you know, when you're at the beginning, you don't know, and you don't know what God has planned for them. And that's one thing that I just, I actually did realize from the beginning, I thought there's no way for me to prepare these kids for, you know, whatever, for everything. I can't, I can't do that. And so then it turned into this, you know, leaning on the Lord and moving, moving forward with that I with what I felt like he was telling me to do and 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 learning to recognize that sooner and sooner and sooner over the years instead of doubting myself so you do grow in confidence and you do grow in the ability to know oh yeah that's the lord and that's not and then there's always going to be times when you're not sure and you just got to pray and then just move forward but I, I really think you know at the end of the day at the end of our homeschool journey we want to look back and 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 be able to say, I enjoyed my kids, yes. you know? And so 
that was kind of one of the criteria for me was I, I, I thought I want to enjoy my kids. So what is interesting about that is, is it meant that when I wasn't enjoying them, I had to ask myself why. <laughs> Sometimes it meant that they, you know, I had somewhere along the way, let the boundaries go out and I wasn't focusing enough on character anymore. And they were starting to press all the limits and cross over the limits and I didn't realize it. And it was yeah. causing unrest and, pe- and unpe- you know, unpeace. That's not even a word. Um, just make it a word. It's a good word. Yeah. Thank you. We can pick up words, can't we? Um, yeah, so, <laughs> so there's this lack of peace. And so we look at that a lot of times and we think, oh, that's an obstacle that I just need to get over so we can get to this other stuff that we need to do. When reality is God is saying, stop a minute, hit the pause button. I want you to pay attention. I'm getting your, I'm getting your attention by making you uncomfortable. And and so then, yes. And then you have to say, okay, why am I uncomfortable? And then I'm like, okay, the kids, okay, we need to spend a day or two just working (laughs) on character. And when I feel like we're back in a rhythm again, we can go back to building out you know, into our schoolwork and all of that from there. I talk about this in that uh, podcast that I did on finding rhythm, but, mm-hmm. but sometimes I think, why am I not enjoying my kids? And it was me. I had a stinky attitude. I had somewhere along the line fell into that trap of mommy martyrdom is what I call it, where I'm feeling sorry for myself and this is a thankless job and nobody appreciates me and I work so hard and nobody ever says anything or recognizes it. And I had no idea that those thoughts had been just cycling in my brain. And and so then it's it's a reality check, time for me to stop and say, okay, Lord, I need you to help me adjust my attitude. It always starts with thankful you know, thank you for these kids. Thank you that I have the opportunity to spend this time with them. You know, sometimes it's a red flag that says, I, I need a break. Like I, yes. <laughs> I need to honestly, do- we do. We need yeah. that. That's, that's another point. We need to take some time for ourselves. And I'm not talking like me time. That's like the trendy thing. Right. We need time alone, quiet to recharge, reassess. Yes. And you have to be, you've got to be creative. You know, mm-hmm. I live in Florida. We have, you know, we have in the summertime, our lawns are, grow so fast that we have to mow them twice a week. And when my kids were little, we had four kids in six years. I had little ones running all over the place. And so my husband would come home from work and he'd sigh and look outside and say, oh, I have to go mow the lawn. And I'm thinking, oh, wait a minute. You stay here with the kids and I will go in the 100 plus degree. I will do that by myself. And mow the lawn for times call for right. desperate measures. <laughs> and so for until our boys were old enough to mow, mm. I took over the lawn and I loved it because I I could pray. I'm doing my little concentric squares in our tiny little front lawn <laughs> and I'm praising the Lord. My neighbors thought I was nuts, but they thought I was nuts anyway because we homeschooled. Right. And so I just it was I didn't have to have little kids under me and on me and around my knees. It gave me time to recharge and reaffirm just who I was with the Lord and I was ready to go back. And you know what I also think happens is you can look at that lawn. There's so much of what we do that isn't visual, isn't tangible, but (laughs) you could look at that lawn and say, that looks good. And I did that. That's right. That's right. I was accomplishing something. And That's I did right. it by myself. That's yeah. right. Um, <laughs> yeah. exactly. or, or crack of dawn early morning on a Saturday mm-hmm. morning, your mm-hmm. husband's home and the kids are sleeping in a little bit. I would get up at 630 and meet a friend for half an hour for coffee. Mm, and sometimes wonderful. we just sat in silence. I know. <laughs> because it was nice. Uh, sometimes yes. we cried. Sometimes mm-hmm. we chatted. 
but it was, you need to be creative because you do need some time away. Um, and I'm not, you know, I, I, you need to recharge and have that time with the Lord, have yeah. that time of quiet. Uh, I love Susanna Wesley's, you know, she, she had, I don't know, 13 kids. I don't remember how yes. many she had. This, yes. And, um, you know, she would throw her apron over her head. That was her prayer closet. And I'm thinking, right. oh, just be away from the kids just for a <laughs> moment to pray. Um, was wonderful. And it does, it refills our hearts and our soul and helps us to get that perspective again. Cause I loved my kids. I still love them, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. there were days when my brain could not take any more input. And exactly. Exactly. You're just overstimulated. And you know, it's yeah. and my husband would always tell me it's about maintenance. He said, Dorinda, like only a guy can say, <laughs> Dorinda, you're like a high performance vehicle. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> and he would say, it just means that you ha- you you basically need to stop more often and do the maintenance that needs to to happen in order to keep performing the way that you need to in this particular wow. role. And I, I mean, I thought it was actually really good. I mean, he put it in such pragmatic, practical terms, which is really he that speaks my language. And um, and I appreciated that because then I realized, okay, that's not a failure. That yeah. is just you know, there's a lot that is expected of me. There's a lot of one. I mean, there's a lot of wonderful in my life, but um, I need to make sure that I'm, you know, doing the maintenance because the thing is, it, it can't just be like a, you know, every now and then just a, you know, a big fat weekend away. That does not oh. work when it comes to a family. It has to be a fairly regular thing. And um, yes. so it's just prioritizing. Now, okay. So before we started this podcast, you actually said you had about 10 things and I'm afraid we didn't quite get through all of them can you get through the rest of them do you want to most of them let's see really really quickly we hit let me just review we did gaps we did comparison not to compare Mm -hmm. we talked about staying focused um character Character. you did character you did uh get rid of the plan Mm -hmm. yeah or get rid of it's not working spend more time at home wow we have discovered oh support um, and I guess okay, that's yes. something that, you know, we, we kind of alluded to at this at the end here, getting some yes. supports, just finding a couple of friends, even if it's just one that you can be transparent with, who knows you love your kids, but when you're constantly saying, what am I going to do with this one child? They know right. you're saying this out of love and right. not just, you know, it, it's, it's important that we can be a safe place for someone. We're not mm-hmm. going to go like telling their stories everywhere and that someone else can be a safe place for us and pray for someone like that. And also yeah. academic support. There are times when we're going to need a co-op or your local state organization for homeschooling um, to, to just kind of be a place to get poured into homeschool conferences. You know, those are great. Both you and I are part of those. We speak at, at many of them. And um, those are great times to get your, you know, your gas tank filled. But yes. um it's, it's, it's good to have some in face-to-face support. We are wired to be in-person people, to be mm-hmm. relationally involved with someone face-to-face. So That's... pray for someone that you can be with. And, um, you know, again, 6 a.m. coffee or um, even a phone call just saying, I just need to cry because it's this child. And, you know, I just right. need someone who's going to understand. And um, it's, it's, it's real helpful to have that support. Um, mm-hmm. And we talked about taking time for yourself focusing on character. Oh my goodness. Did we, did we hit, what's the last we one? Did, oh. and, and happy bunny trails. We talked about that. Happy bunny <laughs> trails. Yes. God is big enough guys. God is big mm-hmm. enough. Who call, if he's calling you to this endeavor. Um, you know, you know, he called you to be a mom because he gave you children. That's a right. given. Yes. <laughs> and he also calls us to train our children. And so if you've been called to homeschool your kids, 
He is going to provide those opportunities. Just know that. Trust yes, him. Yes, that's Call out to him for those opportunities. Um, but yeah, I, love I think words. God is enough. I love yes. that. Yes, he does. I love that. And because you know, really, at the end of the day, um, that's really what it comes down to is when, when I'm feeling anxious. I have to ask myself, is he enough? You know, because a lot of times our anxiety comes from where we feel something is lacking. Yes. yes. But we, I do feel we like believe? I'm not enough, yes. He is enough in me. Yes. And so because that enables it. Exactly. Yeah. And because we know the truth, we know we're not enough. You know, <laughs> it's just we know <laughs> that. Like, let's not just, you know, a lot of times you, you hear a lot of these, oh, you're enough. You're, you know, mom, you're enough. Well, yes and no, you're enough because God is enough, you know, and he can fill you and he can fill those gaps and all of these things that you just, you just mentioned, you know, God is faithful. I remember at the beginning of our homeschooling journey, again, recognizing that I couldn't do all I couldn't do it all. I couldn't be it all. I couldn't, you know, I just couldn't. I had, you know, a growing family. And and I, I just said to the Lord, God, I get overwhelmed so easily by all the resources out there. And, and it wasn't a fraction of what's out there now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, all these resources, all these options, all these things we could do, um, I don't know what's best for our family. So, I'm just going to, you know, sort of like tuck myself away at home here and do our simple rhythm, you know, a little routine and build off of that and love my kids. And would you just bring to me what you want me to have, what you want us to have as a family? And I prayed that prayer over and over again. And God has answered over and over and over again. He was so faithful. And um, yeah, it was just such a, such a testimony. And it's interesting because now, you know, I only have one left at home that I'm homeschooling and he's very independent and we're, you know, have a really good rhythm. But for other areas of my life, now that I'm in a new season, ministry and just different things that the Lord's doing, I'm praying that same prayer again. God, just bring me what I need. Just show me what the next thing is. And I'm just going to be faithful to do that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, at the end of the day, um, like you said, he is faithful. So thank you, Sherry, for being here. I so appreciate your wisdom. And I just always have so much fun talking with you. We just... We're so on the same page, and um, I'm. Sh- I hope the moms have enjoyed this conversation and encouragement. Um, let's go ahead and um, pray uh, as we close. Lord, I just thank you so much for this time together, God. I thank you um, for really what's happened today. Um, lines up with your word. In Titus 2, you talk about older women teaching the younger women. And God, um, you know, as much as we don't <laughs> like to see ourselves as getting older, we are. And But the, the, the benefit of that is that we have years of wisdom under our belt of, of just being able to see your faithfulness, God. And so we want to speak that life into younger moms, those who are a little bit behind us in the journey, maybe a long ways behind us, Father. I pray that this podcast and the words that have been spoken would speak life into them, into every mom who's listening, Lord. Um, we can testify wholeheartedly, God, that you are faithful and we praise you and thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Yeah.